Gentlemen, it's good to have you here in our men's session. Looking forward to spending a few minutes with you. Um, how many of you uh, got a handout or did not? Hold your hand up. We'll get the PowerPoint going as well and all the other stuff. I'm just glad I can minister to Pastor Skelly so much and you know, take the brunt of it because it makes him feel better uh, when he tears me down. And, uh, but we love it, and that's what friends do. Amen. Second Corinthians chapter number four, if you'll turn there. Uh, we've had a lot of sessions this morning, guys, so I'm going to be brief. And um, usually, and if you've been here in some of the sessions already, I think this is the fourth or fifth time I've preached. Um, usually, I preach about 30 minutes. Uh, after that, I've said everything that I know. And then I start making stuff up after that. So I try to get up and get down as fast as I can. But today, I want to share a lesson with you. I've titled it, Welcome to the ministry. And you'll see kind of why we have that lesson title as we jump right into our session here today. So let's look, if we could, at 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and notice, if you would, uh, verse number 1. We'll read through verse 7 and then join me in asking God to bless our time together uh, here today. Verse number 1, therefore seeing we, we, have received this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. There's a reason you'll see in a minute I'm emphasizing the word we. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Verse 5, for we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. For God commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Uh, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. And please give us wisdom as we look into your word and help us to understand that we're all ministers. And we'll thank you for it and give you the glory. For it's in Christ's name we pray and amen. Don't let the title deter you because I believe if you are saved, this message applies 100% to you. Every saved person is in the body of Christ. Every saved person in the body of Christ is a minister. And uh, the definition of a minister is to meet the needs of someone, to give of oneself to serve. And so when you minister to someone, you're, you're taking care of them, when you minister to them. All of the meanings of the, uh, of the word minister, both as a noun and as a verb, contain a grain of the original Latin meaning servant. A minister is 
a servant. If you study your Bible, you'll quickly see that if you're saved, you are given by God the ministry of reconciliation. So today I want to jump right into your notes here and uh, take a few minutes and uh, look at this thought of welcome to the ministry. The first thing is this morning I want us to see is the misconception of the ministry. The misconception of the ministry. Notice uh, verse number one again it says this, Therefore seeing we have received this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not. Guys, to me one of the greatest hindrances to the local New Testament church has been the misconception that the pastors are the ministers and the members are just the spectators. That is not biblical. But, but, but we've had it in Christendom for many years and, and the, the pastor has been elevated to such a position and, and I'm, I'm all for respecting the office. I, I, I'm for that. But the pastors are here and, and members are down. God doesn't look. Listen, if you're a plumber or you're an electrician or you're a lawyer or you're a pilot or you're a contractor, whatever you do, in God's eyes, he doesn't see you any different than he sees somebody who's a pastor. We just have a different part of the body. But the world and Christendom and many in those circles for years have put such an emphasis on the, on the men of God. And I understand that. There is an element of that. But what it's done is it's, it's, it's really had a detrimental effect on our churches. And, might I say, I believe it's contrary to the Bible. Look at verse 1 again. Therefore, seeing we have received this ministry. What, what's the key word in that verse? We. Who's Paul addressing? He's addressing, listen to this, the members at the church at Corinth. If you remember there in 1 Corinthians 12, verse 27, um, uh, Paul said this. He said to the church at Corinth, ye are, the, ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. What he's saying here is we have received this ministry. The ministry. So the fact that churches have made this great distinction for decades, I believe, has crippled the church. I also love at the end of verse 1, notice he adds, as we've received mercy, we faint not. And if you're going to make it in the ministry, if you're going to be in the ministry, you will need mercy. As a result, you don't faint. But notice the second thing here, the mandates for this ministry. The mandates for this ministry. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 2. But have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Watch this. Not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully. So now that we've established, if you're saved, you're in the ministry, okay? Uh, you just have a different part in the body. Uh, some are pastors and some are teachers, right? Some are evangelists. Uh, those are all gifts that God gives to the local church, and everybody in the local church plays a different role, but it ministers to one another. So now that you've established if you're saved, and again, according to God, we've received a ministry, we're all ministers, we're all in the ministry, what's expected of you? My pastor, who pastored our church uh, for four decades, so we've only had one other pastor besides me 
for uh, in the last 57 years, uh, me and Pastor Blue, our founding pastor. He was a faithful man, a good man, a good preacher and a teacher and loved God. But whenever he, and he trained me and in, in, in one of the things he emphasized was administration a lot of making sure that the church was uh, well uh, uh, you know, organized and things that were done decent in order. And so when somebody would take a, a job, it doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher or you're going to be a hostess or you're an usher or a parking lot greeter, you work in the media ministry, it doesn't matter. When you got put in that position, you always got something called a job description. Very simple piece of paper that lets you know what is expected of you in that particular role. I think it's a, a mistake sometimes. We, we put people in a position without effectively showing them what's expected of them. Might I submit to you this morning, God doesn't do that with us. He's placed you in the ministry, you're a minister, and then he tells you what's expected of you. And he says it in those verses, in verse number two, he's giving you a job description. Notice what he says. What are, those, what are some of the things he wants from us? Well, number one, you're to renounce the hidden things of dishonesty, okay? And that just basically means that you are to be honest and just and have integrity. It's kind of like the saying that, that reputation is what men think you are. Character is what God knows you are. You understand that character is who you are when nobody else is around. But we have a God. Hey, the, the Bible says in Proverbs 15 and verse number 3, the eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good. He knows every thought and every intent of our heart. And so uh, we've made a decision as ministers that we've renounced the hidden things of dishonesty. Notice what he says next. Not walking in craftiness, providing things honest in the sight of God. An open book, right? And then he says this, not handling the word of God deceitfully. In essence, it doesn't matter if you're a Sunday school teacher, a preacher, you're filling in for your pastor, never make the Bible uh, teach uh, what it does not actually mean. Always rightly divide the word of truth and uh, stay uh, true to the text. But then thirdly, I want you to notice here uh, the manifestation in this ministry, uh, 1 Corinthians 4. Look, if you would, at verse number 2. It's in your notes. Uh, but by manifestation of the truth, he says, commending ourselves, watch this, to every man's conscience in the sight of God. So what is it as ministers that we should be presenting? Okay, What should we manifest? The answer is in verse, true. verse number 2. Look at it. It's the truth. It's the truth. So everybody that can hear me right now, if you're saved, say amen. amen. You're in the ministry. You've received the ministry of reconciliation. You are a minister. And by the way, everybody's ministering something. It's either good or it's bad, right? Um, and we want to make sure we're doing the right thing. So notice what it says in verse 2, the manifestation of the truth. May I submit to you today, if there's ever a day that people need the truth, it's today. I've never seen a time where there's more disinformation permeating our society than we are seeing today. Uh, we're watching Christians being misled. 
we all know that there's, there's a, a God of this world that's blinded the minds of them which believe not. But here's the irony. Pastor Mansour did such a good job uh, talking today about uh, discernment and having wisdom and just flat out saying you start doing this the, the wrong way, it's, you're going you're gonna to live a dumb life, right? And that sounds really base or elementary, but it's absolutely true. But, but there's Christians being misled and because the truth is not being uplifted like it should, we're to manifest it. Manifest means to bring forth. So as ministers, which we all understand that we are, we're to bring forth that and to, to bear it to every man's conscience. So we understand that we know that if you study your Bible, you will see, don't miss this, that every dispensation has ended in apostasy. Innocence, conscience, right? Uh, government, patriarch, law, dispensation of grace, and even after the dispensation of the kingdom, when it's all said and done, when the Lord Jesus Christ comes back after the thousand-year millennial kingdom and he sets up that, and, and, and rules and reigns with a rod of iron, sitting on the throne of David with the 12 disciples, judging the 12 tribes of the nation of Israel, and there's Jesus Christ. You've got the Queen of Sheba in 2 Chronicles 9 coming up, and, and, and as a picture of the Gentiles there, of what's going to happen during that particular time. Isaiah 61 talks about, you have all this, and, and people think this is the utopia, but you understand even that dispensation ends in apostasy. Satan's loose for a little season. And then you have Gog and Magog after that. And so we understand that. But as ministers, today, while we still have time, we're to manifest the truth. We, we know that judgment has been turned away backward. We know that justice stands afar off. We know that truth has fallen in the street. Let's just do our job the best that we can where we are and hold it back up. Manifest it to every man's conscience. Bear witness to it. Makes no difference who or when you present the truth it will have an effect on every man's conscience. Why is that? Because the Word of God can penetrate. I mentioned it last night just a little bit. I said, it doesn't matter if it's a coffee. And they hand you a coffee, they say, here you go. And you say, praise the Lord. Oh, what a blessing. God is good. God bless you. Have a great... Just little teeny things is a microcosm of what I'm talking about here. You have no idea. I remember years ago, I was fishing uh, down uh, at the docks at, at, uh, by our house here. We live kind of by the sound area and had a guy come to me. It was after, my, after work one day and he says, hey, this guy I've been kind of discipling. He said, do you want to go fishing after work? And I said, ah, I didn't really want to go. And I was really, busy. I'll, I'll go, I'll go. So I grabbed a rod. I hadn't even put a new line on it yet. I got down to the dock. There's probably 70 or 80 guys on the dock. And they're all fishing, and I'm just sitting there thinking, okay, this is, you know, we're going for salmon. And I threw my line in the water a couple times, and, uh, and I looked at my buddy Juan, and I said, I forgot to pray. And uh, he says, oh, okay. So I said, Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for our salvation and this time of fellowship together. I pray you'll bless our time in Jesus' name, and amen. The guy next to me, he goes, Oh, yeah. He goes, you catch a fish after that prayer. I'm going to your church. You know, 
No joke, God is my witness. I think it was my fourth or fifth cast. All of a sudden, I'm just, fish on! And I'm just taking this thing, and this guy's just looking at me. I'm, you know, and by the way, when I catch a fish, uh, they would hear me in Australia from where I was. It's, and I'm fighting this thing and fighting this thing, and sure enough, uh, they, on the docks, they lower crab nets down, down to the level there. You bring the, the salmon into the crab net, and then they bring it back up. And so I get this thing, and I get in the crab net, drop it on this big, huge king salmon. The guy looks at me, and he says, uh, wow. <laughs> Gives me a piece, but he goes right down the address. So to church. <laughs> he came to church brought his girlfriend. I'd love to end the story that he was gloriously saved as well, but we were trying to manifest the truth to his conscience. What, 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 what was that? Just a prayer. Not even thinking that this is, I'm just praying because this is what we do, right? Thank you for this time. The, the funniest thing about that story was a guy had come from the, all the way down on the dock, you know, it's 80 people long, and he walks up and he says to me, to Juan, and the guy, he goes, I've been here nine and a half hours. That's the first fish to come off this dock today. So, thank you, Lord. He does control the fish too, amen? You say, what is that? That's just manifesting the truth in small ways to every man's conscience. That's not because I'm a pastor. I'm a minister, just like you. And God can use you just where you are. Notice, fourthly, if you would, the malefactor uh, in this ministry, verse number three, but if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost, in whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. The devil wants to divide. A malefactor is a villain, so it's clear we see in verse 3 who the malefactor is. It is, small g, the God of this world. It's important to note as ministers, when we are engaged in ministry, to always be cognizant that you have an adversary. Be sober, be vigilant, Right? You're cognizant that it's around. And what does it say? Look at the verse again. What does it say that this adversary, if you will, this malefactor, is trying to do? What, what's the goal here? Well, first of all, he's trying to hide the gospel. Well, how does he do that? Well, he does it through religion, first and foremost. By the way, uh, I have observed, at least in my experience, I don't know what it's like in Australia, but I've seen religion send more people to hell than anything. Religion is a system of do's and don'ts. Salvation has already been done. The devil has ministers. The devil doesn't care if people go to church as long as they don't get in their Bible and grow. Pastor Mantor, again, his message, what a blessing this morning. That can even be somebody who comes in that rote, constant thing where they become calloused over time. And it's not healthy and by the way, it can happen to anybody. And so we have to, you know what we need to do for that? We need to pray that God will break up the fallow ground and help us to receive the engrafted word and be careful we don't get stuck in that rut. Churches 
need to preach the gospel. So if the God of this world is blinding people, uh, we need to make sure that we're preaching the gospel. Listen, I believe that any church that does not preach the gospel, they should close their doors. Matter of fact, you can write Ichabod on the door of a church that doesn't preach the gospel. He blinds those through riches. No need for God. You know, it's, uh, I think I mentioned this Sunday night for a good shepherd. We talk about the blindedness. And in America, as, as much as the problems that she has as a country, is still the richest nation in the world. And there are more billionaires and just, it's insane how much money is there. And the more money, the less, and this is the unfortunate part for many, that there's any need for God. And this devil will use that. What, what did he say to the church of Laodicea? He said, he said this, um, you, you're poor, and you're miserable, and you're blind, and you're naked. Why? Because he says, they, they said they had no needs, right? He says, you're lukewarm, and you, you, you're poor, miserable, blind, naked, and you don't even know it. That's why I said Sunday night to Good Shepherd, the prosperity is a scary thing. Spurgeon said the church can survive anything but prosperity. It has a, an element uh, where it has to be guarded against because... Uh, you know, Jesus said it's easier for a camel to go through an eye of a needle for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And so that principle is still true and still there. Notice, if you would, in verse 4 again, we talk about this malefactor in ministry trying to blind people. It says, Lest the light of the glorious gospel, who is the image of Christ, should shine unto them, basically so they would get saved. It's important to be vigilant in ministry because you have an adversary. As a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Hey guys, listen. Welcome to the ministry. If you're saved, you're in it. When you walk through those doors, it's a mission field. Hey guys, your family is a ministry. You know, I've been meditating on a verse for some time in Song of Solomon chapter number one. And I talk about guys that, listen, if you're a business owner, you're a contractor, whatever you do, because it can happen to pastors as well. Song of Solomon chapter one, I won't have you turn there for the sake of time, but it says this. He says, uh, I've made you the keeper of the vineyard. But then he goes on and says, but your own vineyard you have not kept. Meditate on that for some time and think about it. We tend to many things and we can get so busy. He is saying, you're doing all these things over here, Moses. Jethro says, that's not good. We're doing all these, but your own backyard is full of weeds. You have to be careful. You have to be careful. It really boils down to priorities. Notice, if you would, number five, the message of this ministry. The message. Look at verse five. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake. Notice the word again, we. We. This may be my favorite part of the, of the lesson. Uh, so if we've already established that we've received this ministry, a fair question to ask is, what is the message? We're, we're, okay, so we're, we've established this. 
If you're saved, you're a minister. You're in the ministry. So what, what is the message? So, okay, I found out today, I mean, I didn't really realize it, and this misconception of just this is just the pastors and we're down here. No, 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 that's not what the Bible teaches. He's talking to the church of Corinth. We've received this. So what is our message? I love this. Look at it. It's this, that we do not preach ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. How many, let me ask you guys, are you thankful that we don't preach ourselves? I'm a wreck. Don't amen that. But I mean, I just, seriously, I, I, I'm not preaching myself. I'm preaching him. And that's what we're all preaching. What a disaster if we were preaching ourselves. That's what Paul says. We're not preaching ourselves. Preach simply means to proclaim. Do, do you understand? Now, we understand as Bible-believing Christians, ladies cannot pastor local churches. God did not ordain that. But I'll tell you what, the word preach simply means to proclaim, and ladies can go around preaching everywhere. Just proclaim. You're just lifting him up. I didn't say usurp authority over a man. Preach means to proclaim. And by the way, we're all preaching something. It's like the one guy who's wearing a sandwich board, and on the front of it, it said, I'm a fool for Jesus. And everybody driving down the road going, look at that guy. What a joke. Look at that guy. I can't believe it. On the back, it said, whose fool are you? We're all preaching something. Let's make sure it's Christ. The greatest truth about this message, and I mentioned last night, John 12, 32. And I, Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. Do you understand? We overcomplicate it. We simply need to lift him up. Just lift him up. It doesn't matter what the setting is. God will give you an opportunity to do it. It's such a joy to be in the ministry everywhere you go to be able to do it. God's, not, God's making it clear. It's not about us. It's about him. And by the way, the gospel is the power. There's one other component of this message that we are, as we kind of wrap up the lesson here, that we are in this ministry that we're to apply. Look at verse 5. Look at verse 5. I want you to see this. It's the last part of verse 5. Look at it. And ourselves, your servants, for Jesus' sake. Okay, don't miss this. Remember that a minister is a servant. A servant. That was Paul's favorite description of himself. The Apostle Paul. He, he, said, he said in, uh, it was Romans 1, he said, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated under the gospel of God, which he promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ our Lord, which was made of the seed of David according to the flesh, watch this, and declared to be the son of God with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead, by whom we have received grace and apostleship. We, for the obedience to the faith among all nations for his name. Then he goes on, among whom we are also called of Jesus Christ. To all that be in Rome, beloved of God, called to be saints, grace to you and peace from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. First, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for you all that your faith, your faith is spoken of throughout the whole world. 
For God is my witness, whom I serve with my spirit in the gospel of his Son, that without ceasing I make mention of him always in my prayers, making requests, if by any means that I might have a prosperous journey to come unto you. He goes on to say, so as much as in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to you, the Rome also. I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. Guys, listen, we're servants, and the gospel's the power. When you lift him up, he draws all men unto him. Notice, if you would, here the miracle. In this ministry, verse 6, For God, who commanded the light to shine out of darkness, hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. So what is the miracle in this ministry? The first thing is that, very simply, and, and sometimes we just pass over it. It's almost comical. Uh, God, God commanded the light to shine out of darkness. By the way, he's the only one that can do that. We, we see in Genesis 1, verse 2, and the earth was without form and void, and, and darkness upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the waters. And God said, let there be what? God said there was light. Nobody else can do that. He goes on to say in verse 6, here's the miracle. He shined in our hearts. If you're saved, you have the light of the world living inside of you. Don't ever lose sight of that. And if that's the case, let's let our light shine. If all the people in the world that profess to know Christ would let it shine, we'd punch holes in the darkness. The miracle, really, guys, don't miss this, the miracle of this ministry is really Christ in you, the hope of glory. That's the miracle. And then lastly, I want you to notice the main goal of this ministry. The main goal. Look at verse 7. But we, there it is again, we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Now, since we've established we're all in the ministry, since we've established that we're all ministers, we're reminded by God we have this treasure. It's a treasure that's Christ in these earthen vessels. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of step back here and digress for a second and say, I don't understand all of that. It's a mystery that, uh, that every child of God lives inside of you, this treasure inside of us. In an earthen vessel. The Bible, and we, and we know this tabernacle, we're dissolved. We have a building of God not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. There's going to be a point, guys, where we take this tabernacle and we put it off. And won't that be a blessing? Matter of fact, the older you get, you say amen, amen, and amen. Paul said, in this body we groan, waiting for the adoption to win, the redemption of our bodies. But I want you to see here, this earthly house of this tabernacle will dissolve. We have a building of God. So Christ is held in our earthen vessels. That's our flesh. Its value is beyond measure. So the question is, what's the purpose of that? Why is it that God, in his sovereignty and his wisdom, decided to do it that way? And what is, gentlemen, the main goal of this ministry 
that we're all in. Look at the end of verse 7. Look, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You know what the reason it's in our broken, sinful, earthen vessels? It is so He gets the glory and not you. We're servants. God chose the foolish things of the world to confound the wise. He chose the base things of the world, the things that are despised, the things that are not. Why? So no flesh would glory in His presence. Robert Murray McChaney said this. I might have it on the bottom of your notes. It's not great talent God blesses so much as great likeness to Jesus. A holy minister is an awful weapon in the hand of God. Welcome to the ministry. There's no greater privilege to be, than to be in the ministry. And let's thank God for it. And do the best we can for him. Let's pray. Father, we love you and we thank you so much for loving us. Thank you for allowing us all to be ministers. And Lord, I pray for the men here that the misconception of the ministry, that, that they're just down here and the pastors are over here, let them look past that and understand that you don't look at them any different, that you love them just as much, and they don't have any less of a connection with you than any pastor on the face of this planet. We all have direct access. We stand boldly before the throne of grace. There's one God and one mediator between God and man, and that's the man Christ Jesus. And we can all prostrate before you and bring our prayers and our supplications and our petitions before you. And every single one of us have that access. And you have put us all in a place in life, in our respective areas, to be ministers. So I pray that the men would walk out of here today with a greater understanding of what your desire is in and through them as husbands, as fathers, as employers, as employees, where you have strategically put us. May we say with the Apostle Paul, thank you for putting us in the ministry. We pray this in Jesus' name and amen.